Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anthony and Todd show. I'm your host Trevor. And I'm Vincent, but this is going up in the future. I know we're talking about the best albums of 2021, but this is going to be going up in 2022. Uh, we're recording this in the past right now, so please, in the Ooh. comments section or on social media, please tell us what the future li- is like. I want to know. Do we have flying cars yet? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I Seven bet we days, do. <laughs> a lot can change in eight days, Trevor. I bet we do. Without any further ado, here's our complete encompassment of all the best albums 2021. If there is an album we talked on here, it's not the best. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. Sorry. That's, that's how it is. You're, the opinion of music is decided by two stupid white guys from Ohio. Sorry. That's how it is. That's the way it is. That's just the way it is. <laughs> here's my opinion. That's the best song of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That is the best album of 2021. Without any further ado, here are the reviews. The list. Go for it. All right, we're going to kick things off here with Armin Hammer and The Alchemist with Harem. This is probably the album that I saw most on uh, the most year-end list. Right from the album's uncompromising artwork, Harem is immediately attention-grabbing. The dynamic duo of Billy Woods and Elucid are sharpening their darker sound over Alchemist's pinpoint production. He just gives the pair exactly what they need to succeed. From the vivid imagery of Indian summer to the perfectly crafted falling out of the sky, featuring a very vulnerable and uh, sad and emotional Earl sweatshirt, to the final track on the album Stone Fruit, this beautifully imperfect melodic track. After growing somewhat weary of Arm & Hammer since their big comeback in 2017, Alk proved to be exactly what they needed to rejuvenate their sound. Moving forward, we have Backwash with I Lie Here Buried With My Rings and My Dresses. Backwash travels down another layer deeper into the pit of hell with this maleficent bending of hip-hop, trap, metal, and industrial music into one wrathful ocean reminiscent of the River Styx. Next, we got Bad Bad Not Good's Talk Memory. I feel like this group came back from their hiatus with a vengeance, creating their most mature and musically complex album to date. Talk Memory is the group's first album since the departure of keyboardist Matty Tavares, and the now trio proves they can be more than a joke or internet jazz, so to speak. Tracks like Signal from the Noise and Beside April sound vastly different from one another, but just as dense with incredible musicality. This album is just packed to the brim with amazing performances, composition, and energy from the young group. Next, we got Benny Sings with Music. He invented music uh, this year in 2021. Everything that came out before that was just a prototype. <laughs> I uh, I really do truly feel sorry for anyone missing out on Benny Sings right now. He's got, like, no press, which is just baffling to me. Looking back on uh, City Pop from a couple of years ago, Benny has improved in leaps and bounds with his singing, songwriting, production, and composition. His music is chock full of catchy, better-than-radio-friendly songs about love and loss, with some of the catchiest melodies you'll hear all year. If you tire of the top 40 and long for decades gone pop sensibilities with modern songwriting, I really strongly urge you to give Benny a try. Next we got Black Country New Road with For the First Time. Black Country New Road has proven to be one of the future faces of rock. This group hasn't reached their full potential, but they're on the path to getting there full steam ahead. For the First Time showcases the group's chemistry with each song displaying a dark and dense soundscape, layer over layer with great performances and lots of drama. If their latest singles are any indication of their sound going forward, and I think that they are, then we're in for one incredible album come February. Next we have Black Midi with Cavalcade. 
This is Black Midi's more consistent sound-focused follow-up to their debut album, Schlagenheim. This album's production ranges from the sound of the collapse of the universe to close candlelit and romantic stylings, seeming to manage to bridge between the two perfectly. Schlagenheim was finding the sound, Cavalcade is condensing it into one universe. After that, we have Brockhampton with Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine, Green Machine. <laughs> Lean Green Machine. <laughs> yeah. Brockhampton continues to craft their own legacy in the alternative hip-hop genre by blending experimental hip-hop and pop so seamlessly. Quality curated emotional bangers. I can't wait to see what they have in store for us next year when they drop what is supposedly to be their last album. Yeah, I largely had forgotten about this album since its release, but after returning to it, I think I appreciate it even more. Roadrunner feels like the boys took the best of both worlds of the Saturation Trilogy and Ginger. There are some sweet and poppy hooks on here, but also some amazing bars from each member, specifically Joba. This is really kind of a Joba record. The project as a whole has some hard moments like Buzz Cut and Chain On, but also some more understated, beautiful moments like The Light Part 2. Roadrunner shows that the group still has a lot of potential left in them, despite what some critics may say. Next, we got Bruiser Wolf with Dope Game Stupid. This album was on our Hidden Gems list, uh, so check that out for our full thoughts. Dope Game Stupid, I will say, is an exciting debut from one of Bruiser Brigade's most promising members. If you enjoy the subject matter of an MC like Pusha or early Jay-Z, but told in the style of someone like Danny Brown or Z-Loopers, this project is definitely for you. After that, we have Cheek Face with Emphatically No... Filled to the brim with existential and anxiety-ridden sing-talking, paired with nonsensical one-off diatribes from frontman Greg Katz, free-flowing indie rock that covers the mundane in the most absurd way possible. Cheekface sounds like a joke that was taken way too far, but it's still growing strong for some reason. Listening to Emphatically No sounds like Greg Katz and company wrote a catchy melody or guitar riff and then took to Twitter for lyrics, and it makes for a surprisingly great combination. Next, we have Cola Boy with Prosthetic Boombox. Cola Boy's debut record is full of hardships and triumph over some immensely colorful backdrops. Cola sings his heart out on all of these tracks, calling the world to action in being more loving and kind, embracing our differences instead of hiding them. Despite sounding or looking different from all of his contemporaries, Cola becomes the voice of the everyman, uniting us all on the dance floor. Next, we have Zarface and MF Doom with Super What. For Doom's first and maybe only posthumous release, I think Zarface is probably who I wanted to handle it. Super Wada split into two sides. The first half is the Doom side, and it features a clearly aged but still quick as a whip rapper over old school superhero inspired beats from 7L. Come for the Doom verses and stay for the Zar side, though. Inspector Deck and Esoteric are not slacking at all. While it may not be as good as Zarface meets Metal Face from 2018, I still appreciate the album for what it is, and rest in peace, Doom forever. Next, we have Fatboy Sharif and Roper Williams with Gandhi Loves Children Deluxe. Again, another one of our hidden gems, so come to that list for our full thoughts. But every time I listen to this album, I just find something new to love. As we've said multiple times in multiple ways, Fatboy Sharif is one of the most exciting up-and-coming MCs on the scene. Gandhi Loves Children is full of absolutely crazy, off-the-wall lines, complete with exceptional beats from Roper. As you listen, you'll descend further and further into madness with Trickster Fatboy by your side, guiding you the whole time. Next, we have Genesis Awusu with Smiling With No Teeth. An almost hallucinogenic-like performance from Genesis rings out across so many styles and genres in this grand-scale showcase of a debut album. Smiling With No Teeth intimidated me at first, probably because he has no teeth. <laughs> but I soon learned to love what it had to offer me. Genesis wears his influences on his sleeves across this whole project, channeling anything from rock and pop to R&B and punk. There are upbeat and fun tracks like Don't Need You and Drown with Kieran J. Callanan, who also plays in his backing band, I just found out. 
which have melodies that will get stuck in your head for days. He slows it down a little bit with tracks like Centerfold and Gold Chains, and also challenges society and race with roaring tracks like Whipcracker and I Don't See Color. It's a wild listen from start to finish, and one that sets cement Genesis as a household name of music lovers. After that, we have Grouper with Shade. Grouper lingers in the shadows as she whispers her way through 15 years of recordings. This bedroom pop diary is perfectly filled with human error and an intense sense of atmosphere. Next, we have IDK with You See For Yourself. After swinging a miss on 2019's Is He Real? Is, is, is He Real? IDK has come back to what I believe his vision has always been. Are there misses on here, too? Yeah, absolutely, but if you can make your way through some of the earlier tracks, you'll soon find an album that is emotional and vulnerable, as well as full of bangers. Red, we've already talked about at great length, and Keto as well, are both excellent posse cuts that feature all-star casts. While IDK channels early Frank Ocean and his track Puerto Rico with Lucky Day, the first mention I've ever seen of this man outside of Grammy nomination list. <laughs> <laughs> the last three tracks are where we see IDK is most vulnerable, though, as he navigates feelings of regret as a child and how he wishes his childhood could have been even if you're put off by some of the earlier tracks stick it out you won't regret it now we have james blake with friends that break your heart on this album james blake puts out his best work to date on this lush and skeletal dissection of himself really finding the perfect match of introspection and emotion in songwriting finding a way to make the album be just a bunch of loose segments by having the themes and atmosphere tie everything together making sure another idea doesn't contrast with another that we have John Hopkins with Music for Psychedelic Therapy, a fun boundaryless stroll into a hypersensitive forest, natural and rich despite its synthetic creation, an immensely solid ambient album that I've had on loop for the last few weeks, and something that I can't seem to get enough of. Next we have Kanye West with Donda. Uh, this is probably one of our most controversial takes on on this show, but uh, I definitely think this album is deserving of being here. Donda feels like Kanye finally found a way to integrate his newly reignited faith with his grand compositions that he typically presents with his music. While the album may be a little long for my taste, for each throwaway track, there is an incredible display of Ye's musical prowess. Jail has a catchy, black skinheads-esque hook that's just funny enough to integrate into every conversation I have. <laughs> Hurricane is the definitive version of a song I've been waiting years for, with a focused little baby verse and angelic hooks from the weekend. And there are also some really fun, upbeat tracks on here too, like Believe What I Say, which sounds like a lost Pablo cut. Throughout the years, Ye has expressed immense pain over the death of his mother, but this album is where he finally addresses the elephant in the room. His lyrics cover everything from addiction and recovery to his relationship with Kim and the grieving process for his mother. Donda is, I think, Kanye's biggest, most encapsulating album yet, and I think this is the end of a Kanye era. I can only imagine what comes next. Next, we have The Lasso with 2121. Psychedelia placed 100 years in the future, a free-flowing jazz, funk, hip-hop, and electronic odyssey with a fantastic ensemble cast that teleports the listener to the next generation of psychedelic hip-hop. Next up, we have Lil Nas X with Montero. Lil Nas X has fought tooth and nail against mainstream critics since his success of Old Town Road, and I think even more so since he publicly came out. Fortunately, Lil Nas X is uncompromising as an artist, and so is his debut album. Between catchy songs like Industry Baby and That's What I Want, there are declarations of being yourself like Call Me By Your Name, and the tragically sad and surprisingly overlooked single Sun Goes Down, which I feel like I've just come to appreciate even more since the album came out. Lil Nas X is the cultural icon that we need, a lot of young people can look up to as well, but he also has the musical chops to back it up. 
Next, we have Little Sims with Sometimes I Might Be Introvert. Weirdly, the best comparison to Sometimes I Might Be Introvert is Kanye West's Late Registration. It's a follow-up that breaks through with grandiose and cinematic hip-hop production, while Sims intimately sheds layers of emotion throughout each track of the lineup, showcasing her versatility as an MC. A project that comes to the same end of her last album, Grey Area, but takes a completely new route to get there. Next we have LaRange with The World Is Still Chaos But I Feel Fine, an anxious beat tape stuffed with dusty hushed instrumentals that balance out a lingering weight of reality. A reflection of the mixed bag that life often presents to all of us, while seemingly finding comfort in acknowledging the chaos. Next we have Makami with Pray For Haiti. One of the most uncompromising rappers finally makes his mainstream debut. Mak has been carving out his own path for such a long time in the underground scene, as have the Griselda boys from Buffalo have for real, gritty, hardcore hip-hop. So it only makes sense that Mach and Westside Gun would find their way back to each other eventually. Mach spits some of his coldest bars with Griselda flair, like on the calculated 26th letter, or even forays into singing a little bit on Criminel. One of the unsung heroes here is Conductor Williams, though, who adds more life to tracks like Folie Adieu and The Stellar Ray Theory. Hearing Mach and Gun side by side is like listening to two brothers reuniting after a long time, and I hope this isn't the last collaboration between the two. Next, we have Madlib with Sound Ancestors. Fortet arranges Madlib's loose beats and scraps into one career-encompassing masterclass of hip-hop production. Follow that up with Mid, Born a Loser. Mid showcases his great ear for crafting catchy and hypnotic electropop, fusing house and pop into one smorgasbord of perfect summer anthems. Next, we have Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night Sweats with The Future. If I was ranking music or doing this show back in 2015, Nathaniel Rateliff and Company's self-titled debut would have been my number one album of that year. I think I've already shared that sentiment on the show. Even though After it's that, wrong, the gr- because uh, that, that year there was a certain butterfly that was pimped. You're right. It was uh, the debut of Nathaniel Rateliff in <laughs> the Night Sweats. After that, the group took a slight downturn for me with their second album and Rateliff's solo album, but after hearing the promotional singles for the future, I was hopeful, and I'm ecstatic to say that the finished project was everything I wanted it to be. The guys are back with catchy Americana rock that only Rateliff can pull off. Songs like Survivor and Love Don't are roaring group romps where every member is just playing on full blast, while other tracks take on a more bluesing tone, slowing things down a little bit. The future mashes together all the catchiness of their debut with the improved musicality and camaraderie that comes with playing as a band for a longer time. Next, we have Pompoko with Cheater, again, one of our hidden gems for this year. Pompoko is one of the most exciting and catchy post-punk bands. They have one of the biggest potentials to grow out of all these new punk acts, and Cheater is a great indication of that. Each track stands as its own entity, with its own exciting melodies and guitar riffs, and also underappreciated drums. I really enjoyed this record, and I'm excited to see how they progress. Next, we have Slow Tie with Tyron. After Slow Tie's electrifying, punk-inspired debut project Nothing Great About Britain took the world by storm in 2019, we wondered where he would go next. His next couple of features on projects from Gorillaz and Muramasa both seem to be in line with his earlier work, but all that changed with the release of Feel Away in late 2020. The track, featuring fellow British artist James Blake and Mount Kimby, sorry, fellow British artist, (laughs) (laughs) was uh, melodic and slow. What are you going to do? Not not invite me to tea time? God damn it. (laughs) The track was melodic, slower, and more introspective. 
This double feature album sees Slowtie exploring both his rapping and singing abilities, while also focusing on different subject matters. The first rapping half is boastful and carefree, while the melodic back half is all about the introspective and intrusive thoughts that creep into our minds while we're alone. All throughout, though, Tyron is about focusing on oneself and the journey to be better than you were the day before. Moving on, we have Spelling with The Turning Wheel, a surreal amount of pure sound design perfection. This record sounds so incredible with master level playing and mixing. Each track is maxed out to the fullest extent while feeling so natural and breezy despite the grandeur. Spelling is the perfect mythical floating voice between all the natural wonder in this album. Then we have Steel Tip Dove with Call Me When You're Outside, perfectly crafted and curated abstract hip-hop that flows elegantly from one track to the next while also keeping you on your toes. A short 21-minute listen that rewards way more than the runtime appears, containing immensely stacked hip-hop crafted by a figure who's lived in the background of the scene for the past decade. Then we have Turnstile with Glow On. Turnstile really blurs the lines of pop-punk, melodic hardcore, post-hardcore with this sense of weightlessness of something like dream pop, crafting these hazy pop-punk anthems that are truly unlike anything else in the scene currently. Then we have Tyler the Creator with Call Me If You Get Lost. Call Me If You Get Lost is the victory lap from the success of his last album, Igor. Tyler confidently struts through a more rapping-based album, while also suffering from heartbreak at times, which makes this the perfect companion piece to Igor, and just another win for Tyler on this terrific run he's been having since Flower Boy. Next we have Weezer with OK Human. I feel like it's always good to be surprised by Weezer, unless they, like, jump out of a closet or something (laughs) at you. (laughs) An all-acoustic album could have easily completely flopped and or have just been another gimmick in the band's catalog, and yet it turned out more inventive than I ever could have imagined. No electronic instruments caused the band to think outside of the box. The minimalist production allows for River's songwriting and singing to shine like never before and forces you to take in all the different layers of instruments. The whole album comes across like you're watching a theater production, and sometimes you forget you're even listening to Weezer in the first place. Proof that the band isn't done yet, or that old dogs can learn new tricks. Or maybe it's proof of the monkeys on the typewriters will eventually produce Hamlet. <laughs> yep. This is Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Next we have Wiki with Half God. A Navy Blue's hazy production helps Wiki effortlessly roll through his most mature project to date. Wiki is able to craft this immense unmatched connection to the audience on this reflective and New York-centric underground hip-hop album. Next, we have West Side Gun with Hitler, whereas Hermes 8, Side A, Sincerely Adolf, in Side B. West Side Gun's grand finale to the Hitler Wears Hermes series closes out with two tapes that are both lethal doses of East Coast hardcore hip-hop. A sludge of grimy hip-hop coke rap bangers that ties together the world of West Side Gun. Next, we have Yola with Stand For Myself, exuberant country and Americana with soul fundamentals that highlights the shine and beauty of Yola's rhinestone-like performance. Yola is unavoidable and glistening on center stage. Then we have your old Droog with Time. Droog reunites the spark from his 2019 trilogy and toys with the general concept of time, traveling through past moments from his life and career while also keeping his head towards the future and reflecting on how those moments made him who he is, adding another hit album to his catalog in the process. And then finally, we have Young Man and Celestophone with A Year of Octobers. MC Paul Barman's immature alter ego teams up with Celestophone for a funky, unstable, and strange outsider hip-hop crossover. Ouch. We are now in the top 10. This is the big boys, the big guns. We They're not in order, except for they're in order alphabetically, except for the last two, which are each our personal favorites. 
These are the top 10. These are the top 10 best albums of the year. We're starting it off alphabetically. Narco the Super. Great White Buffalo. After sitting on the demos for this album for a long time, Great White Buffalo, or The Dean and I, as it was formerly known as, was one of my most anticipated albums of 2021. Even in just listening to a handful of unfinished tracks, I could tell that this collaboration between Darko and Dean Friedman was going to be a cut above, and I can safely say this is my new favorite Darko project so far. In making this album, Darko worked closely with Dean and chose the best tracks from Rumpled Romeo and his own demos to essentially supercharge and make into a new creation. It definitely helps that the original tracks are incredible as well. First Date is my favorite track, as I've already said, and I already gushed about it on our best songs list, but it's so upbeat and fun and cute. Shout out to those crazy lovebirds for getting engaged recently. Doko really hones his storytelling chops here too, with tracks like Buy My Baby and Use Fiero on Craigslist, or Nookie Through the Phone slash Special Effects. And then there's the totally unhinged Big Mac attack, which is jarring to say the least if you've heard the original. Track after track, Darko comes through with his best production and performances yet. Not only this, but he reintroduced the world to one of the most underrated singer-songwriters of all time, Dean Friedman. We did a whole hidden gems list, but I think this is the most hidden and gemmy of all of them. Darko comes through the discography of underrated unorthodox pop legend Dean Freeman, crafting something that just doesn't play tribute to Freeman's career, but also allows Darko's strange stylings to have this perfect, consistent, grand, and gelatinous style. Finding the perfect blend of equal parts, commendable dorkiness, and unhinged outsider creativity. From the cutesy first date to the melodic sonic void of Here's the Sound, Darko doesn't corner Freeman's discography into one peg. It's versatile just like Darko's sound, and really paints Darko as this weird band camp or underground champion that has way more depth than the initial oddity in his music shows at first. Credible album, Darko really outdid himself with this one. Floating points, Pharaoh Sanders, and the London Symphonarchist. Promises. Probably the most beautiful album released all year, as the unexpected dream team of Floating Points, Ferris Sanders, and the London Symphony Orchestra puts out probably the best contemporary classical album of the last decade, elegantly flowing as one single piece that always returns back to the opening motif, keeping you on a leash, making sure you never get too lost in the world being established, a complete exploration into a world of cold and rich tones, feeling naturalistic amidst all the weight of Pharaoh's wobbly saxophone and the huge and stark strings of the London Symphony Orchestra. An absolutely breathtaking album I never get tired of and I can honestly listen to on loop for days. I had a hard time swallowing this album at first, but for some reason... That's because it's an album. You're not supposed to swallow it. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that as soon as I said it. You're you're the guy that made the bet around damn and said uh, there wasn't a damn part two. He was going to eat a vinyl copy of Good Kid Mad City. (laughs) For some reason, I kept feeling compelled to return to it. I leave it on a plate and put it in my fridge and (laughs) just chip away at it one day at a time. One little snap and a little bite. Dip it in some hot sauce. (laughs) Yummy. The unlikely cold album. It's a cold album. You need the warm hot sauce to to match the flavor. (laughs) 
The unlikely combination of electronic musician Sam Shepard and the entire London Symphony Orchestra is enough on its own, but the real kicker is the addition of jazz saxophonist Pharaoh Sanders. This dude is the definition of living legend. He's in his 80s and played with John Coltrane, one of the most boundary-pushing jazz musicians of all time. So of course he's going to be weird and wonderful. This entire composition has so many twists and turns around every corner, from vocal jazz to whirlwinds of pure sound to futuristic urban soundscapes. Each movement does the most to set itself apart from its siblings, yet each time we're greeted with the same harpsichord motif, buried under multiple layers of instrumentation, but ever-present, never-failing. Promises is an immensely beautiful and gargantuan work that you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not check out. JPEG Mafia. LP. Peggy drops his most defiant but yet intimate project to date. He lets the audience into his head and shows everything from the braggadocious highs to the glitchy lows. However, it's the effort shown across finding new experimental sounds on both these sides that makes this album. Digging deeper into the dark web underbelly, this album is both a victory lap and a middle finger, as he celebrates getting this far with the style he has. Even though he's more comfortable with his career, he isn't going to take anything sitting down. This album is a true testament to going down your own route. The whole album is coded in personality, and everything he delivers on here is a shining self-reflection of all the elements that make JPEG Mafia, JPEG Mafia. This is Peggy's huge middle finger to big record labels, and I'm all for it. It's like he, he bought one of those foam fingers at a basketball <laughs> game, but it's the middle finger. And this is not only JPEG Mafia's harshest work yet, but it's also where his songwriting and production work shines. He's gotten better at singing, his bars are more pointed, and his samples are even more crazy than before. If you think you know what to expect from Peggy like I did, you're in for a huge treat. This is both peak JPEG and boundary pushing at the same time. One Waters real-life situations. Juan's version of switching between stations on a radio showcases the spontaneous and multifaceted charm of Juan's work. Floating between the realms of indie rock, Latin folk, alternative, and Sesame Street-inspired nostalgic pop, never sticking with an idea or just one style for too long before moving on to something new, making this album feel populated almost like a city filled with various unique characters and textures. This album also contains this ridiculous passion Juan carries throughout every track that just makes this album super fun and easy to get lost in. If I wanted to return to a catchy and fun album this year, I always went back to Juan Waters' real-life situations. Some artists try to make these genre-bending, radio-dial-flipping types of albums and fall flat on their faces, but with Juan, I think every track on here is a home run. With ease, Juan floats through hip-hop, Latin folk, indie rock, and electronic music, all while picking up different collaborators as he goes. The backdrop of NYC lends itself super well to this kind of diversity, and I feel like I'm there in the barrio every time I put this record on. Juan is coming to Columbus soon, and as soon as I see those tickets go on sale, you know I'll be there. Lilog Main, Volcanic Bird Enemy, and The Voiced Concern. This album is a brilliant hypnagogic journey of self-discovery as Travis not only reinvents himself, but attempts to figure out who he is amidst the confusing world. Just the right amount of melancholic cheer throughout to make this overwhelming sense of childlike wonder, like a kid being lost in a crowded city. A brilliant transition to a new form for Little Ugly Mane, and I don't know if this style is in his cards for the future, however if he brings this level of creativity and grace to it, I'm sold on whatever his output is. Volcanic Bird Enemy is the anti-93 punks from Vic Mensa because it actually works. Travis Miller has long since pushed the boundaries of hip-hop and what underground rap could be, but this time he's almost completely left that label behind. Is this a rap album at all? Is it indie rock? I guess that's all up to you. But for me, it's an immensely catchy, melancholic, and sometimes melodramatic album from the weird, isolated mind of Lil Ugly Mane. Lingu Ignota. Sitter Get Ready.
A deep dive into seeking God's vengeance, Appalachian folk-inspired avant-garde music about eternal damnation. This album is so warm and beautiful while also being so heartbreaking and painful. Lingua is being broken down right in front of the audience, being struck with this abyss of rage, grief, and trauma that rings out over the sea of blunt instrumentation. There's these bells that project you to another realm, percussion that tears apart the track like an earthquake, organs that are so beautiful but at the same time so heavy that you have no choice but to fall beneath their weight, these twangy and murderous strings being plucked at with violent intent. It's all a magnificent display of religious critiques met with a grounding human display of tragedy. Sinner Get Ready is probably the biggest album I've heard all year. That's a really weird thing to say, but I will not elaborate. <laughs> Every song is written with this maximalist mindset. Lingua wails her sorrows and pains over this grandiose backdrops, drawing from anything from Gregorian chant, classical church organ music, or Appalachian singing school, sacred harp-inspired stuff. Her pool of influence was so deep for making this record that every time you dig into it, there's always something new you'll pick up on, whether that's Lingua's physical and emotional pain from back surgery or old Pennsylvania Dutch legends. This thing gets more and more intense until finally coming to this definitely quiet closer where Lingua sings of acceptance and defeat in a chorale style. Violent Boys. Welfare Jazz. Next, we have Viagra Boys with Welfare Jazz. This is the the jazz that the government has to issue you if you're under a certain tax bracket. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like government cheese. <laughs> <laughs> A trailer park trash ode to settling down, a funky, brassy, and tacky excursion of post-punk, following a man's journey from saying he's a rebel who doesn't need no woman, to being caught up in the mundane and finally settling down, filled with this distinctly odd character from frontman Sebastian Murphy's voice, and backed by this amazing, unsteady saxophone, bass, and guitars, outdoing themselves with each track and finding new ways to surprise the audience, amazingly catchy and distinct, without either part having to suffer. I've never been a huge fan of Viagra Boys in the past, but this one really got me good. There are so many fun and off-the-wall moments on here, from Girls and Boys' weird call-and-response structure, or Ain't Nice, the ripping opener to this album with great guitar work and honking sax. The fun doesn't stop there, though. This whole project feels like a giant community party with good food, good fellowship, and lots of booze. And probably at some point, there will be people throwing firecrackers and someone will take their shirt off. <laughs> Z-Loopers. Van Gogh tier uh, I mentioned a lot of strange or weird albums on this list. However, this takes the cake. It's completely off the rails, nonsensical, hard to follow, but yet a brilliant overload of ideas, experimenting at every twist and turn, hysterically pushing the envelope for no reasonable explanation than to go as hard as possible. This album consistently throws itself off equilibrium, but no idea sticks around for too long to become too grating or uncomfortable. A truly imaginative and creative success in which Z Loopers finds his own hectic voice and creates a definite split from other members of Bruiser Brigade. Van Gogh's left ears like Zoolooper's gave you a gift on Christmas, but he had so many things that he wanted to give you that he just crammed them all into one box and it's overflowing and really badly wrapped. <laughs> that seems like a weird analogy, but Zoolooper's is clearly so excited to share these ideas with the world that he can barely fit them all into one cohesive project. This album is full of different styles and flows, from booming stadium bangers to soul samples to trap-inspired beats to outlaw folk, maybe? Zoolooper's spits the craziest and most incohesive lines that that make you want to go back and try to hear them again? How does it even come up with this stuff? It's like if Kel from Keenan and Kel made a rap album. 
Not only all this, though, but it works the majority of the time. It's one thing to make a weird, nonsensical album, but it's another to make sure that it works. Zeloopers is definitely one to watch, and he fits like a glove with the other members of Bruiser Brigade. Jeff Rosenstock. Dream. Next, we have Trevor's favorite album of the year with Jeff Rosenstock, Ska Dream. Yes. This was uh, my number one album of the year. I know we weren't ranking, but uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Anyone who knows me knows that I love ska music. I was huge into ska back in high school, but at some point with the decline of the genre, I started to kind of move away from the music. Enter Jeff Rosenstock, a man who is no stranger to ska and who has a deep love for the genre, with Ska Dream, a total reworking of his No Dream album from 2020. And as I said earlier this year, this is my absolute favorite project of the year. I knew it upon first listen, literally upon first guitar strum, first track, anything, I just knew. Here's what I truly love about this record. Not only are Jeff's performances incredible, along with his songwriting and lyrics, but he truly cares about preserving ska as a genre. There are knots to ska of all eras, from traditional toasting and more dub-inspired tracks like Hornline or The Rudy of Breathing, to the sometimes corny and off-putting ska of the 90s, like the nerdy white boy rap section in Scram. Not to mention every track is now a ska pun. Jeff toured with and recorded with members of the ska and punk community, new and old, from Rick Johnson of Mustard Plug and Mike Park, who's been literally everywhere in the ska world, to members of Pup and Jer Hunter, the trombonist from We Are The Union, or better known as ska Network on YouTube. The biggest and best part for me, though, is that Ska Dream single-handedly revitalized my deep love for ska music. I've listened and re-listened to this album, and I just can't get enough. I've begun to listen to more recent bands and can see that the community is more alive and active than ever, with groups like We Are The Union and Catbite finding their way into my playlist. Hell, I've even enjoyed some new Boston's tracks, with a sentence I've never thought that I'd ever say in my <laughs> lifetime. Every single track on this album is amazing, and I never skip them when they come on. Listening to Ska Dream feels like I've unearthed this old part of myself, and I can't wait to get replugged into the music and scene. Injury reserve. By the time I get to Phoenix. And now it's time for my favorite album of the year, Injury Reserves, By the Time I Get to Phoenix. A brilliant futuristic display of the apocalypse. Serving as a posthumous release after the death of MC Steppagrogs, Injury Reserve puts out this hyperactive blend of electronic, industrial hip-hop with the broodiness of post-rock. The style I feel will define the next few years of hip-hop and experimental music as artists continue to follow up the direction this thing sets up. Because while we have artists like JPEG Mafia and Z Loopers that push boundaries in a similar manner, they don't reach the peaks of grandeur like this does. Having a dense sense of paranoia that bleeds through every track, truly encompassing you in this disaster that the album crafts. Being cathartic in a strange way by expressing an exclamation of grief and trying to make sense of the madness around you, you find a level of comfort amidst the destruction destruction and existentialism. And that is it. Those are our best albums of 2021. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. (laughs) It's been a long year and now I need to take a long nap. (laughs) A long winter's nap. (laughs) 
If you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us at Anthony and Todd. You can find us on YouTube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. You can find me at Twitter at the Vincent Short. You can find Trevor at Twitter at Alistair McAllis. I have an album out that I dropped this year. Layer Effects. Song Students. Oh, wait. Creativity. That's my album of the year. Oh, shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice of you. <laughs> Layer Effects. Songs to Inspire Creativity, which is out now on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Tidal. But until next time, guys, I've been Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see you, boyos. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Goodbye.